Welcome to the Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing podcast, where we explore the hottest topics in cyber marketing, interview experts, and help you become a better cybersecurity marketer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Through in Cybersecurity Marketing. I'm one of your hosts, Jana Whitmer, here with my amazing co-host, Maria Velasquez. And today we are so excited to have someone who is a security company founder on the podcast. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) It is Amy Stokes-Waters, and we are going to let you, Amy, explain what you do, what your company does, and even tell us a little bit about how you got into this. Uh, yeah, so I run a company called ESC, like this, you can see E-S-C, it. ESC, um, yeah. ESC, yeah, so like the escape key on your computer. So we are also known as the Cyber Escape Room Company. So as the name suggests, we, we create cyber escape rooms for awareness training for marketing teams who want to run them for like their clients. So if you've got like a cool client event you want to do, then these are perfect for that. Or just for like general cybersecurity team building. Love that. That sounds like the perfect activity to do at a conference at your booth if you want to do something different. Have you had clients do that before? So we've run our own our own stand where we've done them. Oh, okay. Um, so that was, that's been fun. And um, we also did, we have, I've also randomly in my shed got Lockpicking Village. Literally, it's sat in my shed right now. There's four big doors, like big yellow doors, because yellow's our color. Hello, yellow. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> our color. And we take, like, we've got four doors that you can kind of break through that have got different kind of locks on them. And we've also got, I've probably, I reckon in the cupboard, I've got about 75 padlocks with padlocking kits, that lock picking kits to go with it as well. Ah, oh, that's so cool. So, yeah, that goes down really well at conferences. Everyone loves a bit of lock picking. And I'm going to just, Tell you now, I can't pick a lock. Uh oh. We're gonna we'll edit that out. Nobody what a fraud. everybody close. What a fraud. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> close your ears, delete your phone, throw it out the throw it into the lake. Nobody heard that. <laughs> and now for another content tip from our partner, Content Workshop, David. What do you say to people? who think that storytelling in cybersecurity is too hard to do. I tell them that storytelling is industry agnostic. Humans are biologically hardwired to think, remember, and relate in the form of story. It's why we're able to binge a new show for eight hours a night. It's also why the best commercials don't feel like commercials. A good story, they say in advertising, is truth well told. No matter your industry, service, or product, there are endless ways to tell your story. All you need is a hero, a goal, and an obstacle. And we help cybersecurity companies achieve that. Thanks, David. Learn more about Content Workshop storytelling services for cybersecurity companies at contentworkshop.com. Amy, can you tell us a little bit more about what is a cybersecurity escape room? Because I know what an escape room is. I've been to two in my life, so I'm an expert. So, but what is the cybersecurity escape room? Like, can you walk us through what that is? Yeah, well, I obviously can't tell you the secret sauce that makes it no, happen. No. But I can explain it a little bit. So yeah, instead of going to a venue, I wanted to make it scalable because it wouldn't work as a business if it wasn't scalable, obviously. So we've put them in boxes. So the first one that I've got comes in a briefcase. The second one that I'm building at the moment comes in a handbag. 
and I'm just going to send you a handbag of shit, basically. Um, and you get to with some instructions, and then you get to kind of work work through it. But the first, so the first one, I can definitely tell you about. So the first one's called the Executive's Dilemma, handily named by ChatGPT. And I also always have to say it in a bit of a posh voice when I say it. I'm like Executive's Dilemma. <laughs> in your <laughs> accent, it works. <laughs> yeah. But that one's all about. So the the CEO of a company's been ransomware. They've gone into hiding and they've entrusted you with getting the data back. And there's an hour before the gang's going to leak it to the press. Can you get the data back? And all you get given is a locked briefcase, a wallet, a locked phone and a notebook. And you kind of work through it. And that one teaches you all about password security. So there's stuff Mm. in there about OSINT, there's stuff in there about reusing passwords or having easily guessable passwords or writing passwords down or texting people passwords, that kind of thing. So there's the, the, there's kind of learning, specific learning outcomes for what we're doing. So I want to use it for awareness training. So it needs to be like useful in that context, but also needs to be something fun. So there's, there's stuff in there, like there's picture frames that you take apart or there's a UV light that you have to shine on all the stuff that's in the escape room. Literally, yeah that's the response everyone's like oh uv light we get to play with a uv light why is that the thing that everyone's obsessed with (laughs) because we're all secretly you know wanting to be spies (laughs) instead of doing marketing (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's super cool what's i know your second box isn't you said you're working on it with the handbag is it going to be a similar theme or is it going to teach a different thing or what's the sort of idea yeah so the second one's the second one's called the bank heist which sounds a bit more cool right and um i've spent i've probably spent the last six hours today building a new web app which is totally outside of my comfort zone in turn because i'm the salesy marketing one but I've spent the last six hours building a web app and a chat bot so that you can do some phishing and there's like an app that you can break into and you've bit and there's a button in the app where you can just hit transfer 10 million pounds to myself. And it does that, which is obviously not super realistic, but that's kind of not the point. That sounds like so much fun. The training stuff around that one's meant to be more about OSINT, like social media privacy and phishing. That's so cool and so fun that, I mean, you could do these and apply them to all sorts of areas that are about, you know, cybersecurity awareness and training your employees and teaching them, hey, like, you know, think about the mind of a hacker and how they would hack into you if you weren't very careful with your passwords or if you posted your password on Facebook or whatever, whatever sort of OSINT-y bad, bad thing that you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm working with an AI company at the moment and we're building some bots where you can, where, where the bot will be like the CFO or the CTO or the CEO and you'll get to vish, i.e. voice vish, the bot because it's an AI app where you can talk to the person. So it'll be like having a video call like we're doing right now, but it'll be an AI person talking back to you. But that kind of takes the ethics out of doing the vision because currently like if you're doing a fishing exercise at work, I can't legitimately or ethically ring you and say, Oh, by the way, you get a bonus. Tell me your bank details. But if I'm, if, if it's an AI on the other side of the thing, it's not, there's no ethics there, right? So I'm um, t- mm-hmm. so we're um, kind of building that at the moment. So that should be um, that should be coming out in the new year. That's really cool, Amy. Talk to us about so how do how does one hire your your service? And are you global? Where do you? Uh, so currently, it's just in the UK. I'm I'm talking to some channel partners. 
to see if we can kind of expand it a little bit, but we're still still very much in startup mode because I've rebranded the business and we've gone from being like a traditional cyber training business where my other business partner who's now left the organization, he would go and do like in-person training and stuff. But because he's left, I'm like, shit, it's just me by myself. I need to do stuff that's scalable. It means I can still stay at home with my six-year-old and oh, yeah. send stuff out in the post to people. So yeah, we can um, we can post them out. I guess we could post them. I guess we could post them to the US or whatever. But yeah, I've not translated them into like any other languages yet. I'm sure AI can help with that at some point. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so Amy, also, how, did, how the heck did you get here? Like what are you, were you a security awareness training professional? Were you a marketer? Like what what interested you in getting into this sort of new space? Um, so I always, I was, I was in sales for a long time and I saw pen tested. And I remember going to a conference, which actually has been on again today of the date of recording um, called Reframe, which is a conference in the North of England, Okay, which is like a women in tech conference, but it's not, it's not like women in cyber, it's women in tech. And I remember going to see a talk there and this, this lady was talking called Penny Haslam And she talked about telling people what you do. She was like, don't just do cool stuff. Like, tell people that you're doing cool stuff. Because if you don't tell people, they'll never know about it. And then I was like, shit, I need to start telling everyone what I'm doing. So that kind of got me into, like, LinkedIn and doing all that kind of thing. And then I met loads and loads of people. Um, I met this guy. We started this business. And it kind of just snowballed from there. And that's, yeah, I guess how I've ended up where I am. But I do always pinpoint it back to this one talk at this one conference that I went to, which my boss categorically said, you are not going to because you've not hit your target this month. And I went, yeah, fuck you, whatever. I'm going anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going. Um, So I went to it and I am so glad that I turned up to that conference that day. That's awesome. Good for you invest in yourself, right? Like put your, you know, take, and I'm going to, I'm going to segue this into a promotion for our conference, by the way, everybody get ready, but yeah, invest in yourself. Take that one day, take that two days, three days and go to that conference and get inspired again to freaking do something and kill it. Right. Like take a minute for yourself. Right. Yeah. So I've been to a few conferences recently and I can still categorically tell you that conference was the one best conference that I've ever been to. It was run entirely by women. All the stuff was relevant to me. All the stuff was interesting. It wasn't just a cyber conference. It wasn't full of vendors just going, hey, look at my new products, blah, 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 which I get we have to do. It's like, I mean, I'm in marketing. I want to do that as well. I want to go stand on a stage and be like, you need security awareness training. My awareness training is better than everyone else's, blah, blah, blah. But they're not necessarily that useful to your professional development. They're good. For, they're great for you know buying new shit, but that's not a lot of the time what you need to go to a conference for. A lot of the right. time, unless like if you're not, especially in I guess in our roles, when do you, when was the last time you went to a conference and thought I'm going to buy that shit? You don't, do you? You go for you go to women in tech conferences or women in cyber conferences because that's where you learn some stuff about. Yeah how to develop yourself professionally, how to be more confident, how to have discussions with people, how to maybe market a little bit more differently, but not not buying things. And that this is where I, I, I advertise our conference. Come to Cyber Marketing Con in <laughs> December in Austin, December 10th through 13th, 2023 in Austin, Texas. We are going to have, of course, all the educational 
amazing marketing experts on the stage sharing their secrets, telling you tricks and tips. We're going to have workshops, but there's also going to be, like Amy said, networking, meeting people and inspiring you and pushing you to be the best that you can be. So make sure to come out. I yeah, Amy, plug. you should come. I've literally just had that exact thought in my head as you were saying the dates. <laughs> if, I, if I sell loads of stuff in the next couple of months, maybe. Yeah, let's do it. There you go. There you Ooh. go. Amy, okay. So marketing in cyber is different oh. than other industries is, is, is what we know, me and Maria both being marketers in cyber. Can you tell us about maybe some of the challenges and successes you've had in marketing-esque? Yes. So some of the, I mean, to be fair, I've not had that many challenges with it because it's a really fucking cool product and yeah. And the branding's really good, which is not me, by the way, that's not me that's done the branding. So I'm not sat here being like, oh, my brand, it's amazing. Um, (laughs) I've got a very good graphic designer who does the branding, but that, I always think that makes it a lot easier. I was talking to my board the other day and I said to them, oh, I was having a meltdown actually, because I was sat there going someone else is going to do the same idea as me and I'm going to cry and no, blah, blah, they're going to have loads more money. And then my mate went, but yours looks really good. And I said, you know what? You're right. And that is half the battle. That is what I've learned with That's my... True. If it looks nice, it makes it a lot fucking easier to sell it. Like so much easier. Like if I have a professional looking website, I've seen some, I look at some people's websites and I'm like, am I going to buy something from you? Do you... Are you a real company? Like, because I'm a one, I'm a well, I'm a one man band with six very, very good advisors behind me. So I guess there's seven of us. But I'm the one doing all the work. But I always think my website look does not look like most other websites that I've seen from one man bands in the industry. Because normally people who found businesses in the industry are the techie people. And no offense to the techie people listening to this you're a bit shit at making things look pretty. (laughs) (laughs) I told you this episode was going to be popping. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think the successes that I've had is that I've I've managed to, well, I mean, I've sold to the UK Ministry of Defense off the back of having a cool brand. That's awesome. Well, obviously I've got a really good product as well, which helps to back it up, but... (laughs) <laughs> but the brand, but I think the brand really helps because it makes you look more professional. It makes you look more established. Mm-hmm. You can, you can, yeah. you can talk to bigger companies. Yeah. So having a brand makes you. I think having having a having a brand that looks nice makes you look a lot more professional because it makes you look more established. It makes you look more trustworthy. I mean, obviously, you need to have, like I said, the products that goes behind it. You can't just be like, I've got a really good brand, but actually, my product is just a piece of paper right now. It's not a thing. Like I've got, I've got something to sell and I can, and that looks good as well. So all of the content that I put out when I, when I sell a cyber escape room inside it, there's a booklet and in the booklet, like the booklet's all fully branded up and that looks really cool as well. And that's got loads of awesome content in it, like how to run an escape room or workshop ideas for an escape room. And there's the entire solution for the escape room, which is, I struggle with sending it out every time, but I'm like, I have to tell you it because you're going to run it by yourself and you need to know the answers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have to, but but all of that's like fully branded exactly to our brand. I've got brand guidelines that I follow. And I think that's super important because what I see is a lot of founders on LinkedIn where they'll 
switch brand every or switch color scheme or they'll switch like the fonts are all random and different or or alternatively i've seen big companies and i texted my graphic designer this the other day and i said why is this big cyber company using the default mail mailchimp fucking font why why are they using that on their ad content like get your own font man like you can't sit and use the fucking default mailchimp shit because everyone else is using that what are you doing <laughs> exactly go in your settings and update your text default <laughs> oh, just click the button when you create the ad like it's literally drag and drop it takes two seconds but um i think i think a lot of i think a lot of tech founders and i, I don't know, i've spoke to a few since i've founded my own company a lot of them don't understand the the brand piece and i've been asked recently like what's your secret sauce with getting to talk to all these people and i'm like Having a cool fit, something that looks cool. It doesn't have to do. It doesn't. Nece- I'm not necessarily doing anything like groundbreaking or, you know, whatever. But like, I would, if I if I was going to set up a pen testing company, I can guarantee that my pen testing company would look better than 99 percent of pen testing companies out there because I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, that is incredibly hilarious because Maria works at a pen testing company. All of it. <laughs> so I've got so you know what I've done I've got a really good I've got a really good network of marketing people around me so I've got a guy who does key messaging I don't pay him for shit he's got a key messaging company and I sometimes message him and go does this look right and he goes yes or no and I say to him just I said to him because your package is like 15 grand don't I don't want to buy that I just need you to say yes or no to what I'm doing um, for free Read it for five minutes and then tell me yes or no. That'd be cool. But like the stuff that I write, he's like, yes. So currently he's going, yes. And I said, if I had a pen testing company, so he actually sent me a PDF of an AI generated pen testing company. And I was like, this is literally at least nine companies that I know. Um, because all of the messaging was exactly the same. And it's like, oh my gosh, you I don't you find the bud guys before you find the bud guys. Uh, I don't you know shit like that and I think oh my all of you you're all message all of your messaging is exactly the same whereas my friends my friends actually punk security I'm going to name them on this they've got a pen testing company and they their message is we fix stuff as well as find it and I was like yes that's Uh, different no one else says that yeah I don't disagree with you. And that is probably one of our biggest struggles in in cybersecurity as marketers is that we can't really figure out how to just be different and not have that cookie cutter like messaging that sounds the same. Hi there. My name is Sean Madsen and I head up digital strategy at Checkpoint Software. We use Hushly as our primary demand platform. We use it to remove gates, we use it for our landing pages, and we use it for our resource hub. And it has improved our conversion rate by 5x. Can I defend us though? Can I defend, okay, I'm always gonna come in here with a little like defend the marketing hat on, like just to speak on behalf of the industry. I mean, it's pen testing. How different can you be? You do pen testing, right? But there's like, different messaging you can put out there. I guess. I just want to, I just want to say that there's like 10,000, there's not 10,000, there's like 300 pen testing companies and there's only so, there's only a level of different you could be without people being like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck do they do? You know, (laughs) right? You have to say, I do pen testing. (laughs) There is is that. So literally, so when I used to sell pen testing, so I, I, it's like a pen testing show today. 
when I, but when I, so I used to sell pen testing, but when I used to sell pen testing, I used to, I didn't really just sell it, I used to market myself and then people would buy it off me, which is a different kind of selling, right? So I used to, instead of, instead of going cold calling people, I would literally write an interesting post on LinkedIn and at the bottom of it, I'd write, buy some pen testing off me. And the post wouldn't even be anything about like pen testing. It would just be some random cybersecurity comment that I'd got. And then I'd just write, buy pen testing. Or sometimes the post would just be, buy some fucking pen testing. And my friend used to message me and say, does this work for you as a sales tactic? And I said, yes, that's why I keep doing it. I wouldn't, if it didn't work the first time, I wouldn't have carried on doing it. But I used to get leads off the back of that from very big companies. <laughs> I mean, like global companies who'd be like, oh, you sell pen testing. I'd be like, yeah, you got it. Thanks. That was easy. That was I was like, that's that's it. That's all I needed to do. Amy, if you want to get back into sales, you should hit us up at Netsply. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You know what's you know, that says something about brand awareness too. Let me say, let me say, let me say, right? Like you were saying, like, I sell fucking pen testing, and people know you sell pen testing and they think, Oh yeah, pen testing. And I want to buy it from Amy because she's fucking hilarious. And then they reach out to you. And like you have to say, like, I sell pen testing for them to know that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. If people don't know what it is you're selling, like, what service are you selling? If people don't know that, how the fuck are they ever going to buy it? I was, I was saying to someone, someone, someone the other day said to me, have you got any advice on, like, how to improve our marketing? And I looked at what their current marketing was. And I, I mean, I'm not, so I'm not uber technical, obviously. I looked at it and I went, I don't know what the fuck you're selling. I've got no idea. But as a buyer, you don't want that friction there. You want, you want, I'm, I said to them, you've got to make it as easy as humanly possible for them to buy from you. Yeah. So the first, first fucking thing that you need to do is let them know what the hell you are selling. Because if they don't know what you're selling, how are they ever going to buy it? Yeah. But you know what? That you just tied two very important points for the reason that you are different. You talked about a good looking brand obviously coupled with a good product, but your personality is that really important and critical aspect of what makes you successful, right? You couple your offering with your brand and your personality in there. That's all you need. But I think, but every brand can have a personality. That's every, true. Every, every brand can have a personality. They also need some faces to it. So, the, but the salespeople are the faces. So, I, I, in my head, I was think the marketing team make the brand and they make the brand voice and they make kind of what it looks like. But the sales team then have to go take that brand and run with it and go make it kind of their own. And they have to be the people that are vocalizing that because marketing can't always be the one vocalizing it because yeah. like. It, what CISOs do you fucking like? I don't fuck. If you're in marketing, you're not fucking talking to CISOs. Are you? You're talking to the sales team. You're talking to sales directors. Going, sales director, here's what marketing campaign we're doing this week. Like you're having those kind of conversations. You're not sat. You're not sat having chats with end users or with or with CISOs. Going, here's by the way, here's what we sell because that's the sales team. So, but it has to. The sales team and the marketing team have to work as one, and that's where I think a lot of companies fail. That the marketing team. And the sales team did not align with each other. That's so true. Agree. That's some of the hard, that's the hard work too. The alignment of the sales and the marketing team too. It's you like, should, it's easy to make a brand, but it's hard to get aligned. You know you what I mean? You shouldn't because you're in the same company. So that should be the mm -hmm. easy bit. It's like when tech and sales, like as I, 
always I come out, I come out, I come at all this this whole podcast from a really weird angle because I've been in sales, which is like halfway between marketing and tech. Um, so I've been sat in sales where we fucking argue with tech all the time because tech are, most of the time don't want to fucking help you out in sales because they think that you're a dick in sales, which is fair because loads of salespeople are dicks and that's fine. Um, but there's also but then you also have the argument with marketing and I'm like, well, what am I marketing? Tell me, because marketing is so obtuse most of the time. It's full of stupid words that no one ever uses in real life. There's no there's no ex like there's no plain speaking. It's all like we optimize blah blah blah. And it's like just cutting just, edge. Just, just plain Cut, speaking. Cutting edge technology. <laughs> Okay, let's let's all talk about or let's all list our favorite buzzwords in marketing. Let's see how many we can come up with. I think there's, there's literally <laughs> optimize is one that I see all the time, constantly. AI, that's another one. Next gen, next gen, yes, that's another one. Next gen. Military yeah. grade. <laughs> I, I blame a little. Of this blame goes to Gartner. If Gartner, if you're listening, kind of like half of this is your fault. Because they keep making new freaking categories, which is like fair. So the thing is, security is constantly changing and like new products and technologies and categories pop up like every freaking day. So I understand, but it does make it a big, big souping, big miasma of like, what the heck is going on? Like, are you a DISPM vendor? Do you do CASB? Like, you know, all of that. What we need to do is we need to cut the fucking acronyms. They need to go. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. all, All of them need to go. Just say what you actually fucking mean. I'm um, CASB, so I'm protecting apps then. Cool. Right. Let's just say that. Mm. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing AppSec. Great. Let's just say that. Because then AppSec people will know that they can apply to a CASB company. Because currently, if you're a com- if the marketing dis- disrupts the recruitment, I think. Because if you look at like a company that provides CASB, they don't say AppSec on there. But what they're actually talking about is AppSec. Hmm. Cloud app security, that's what it fucking stands for. So just say that, call yourself, because the people that work there are called AppSec engineers. Mm, match it to the title. That's the new thing I'm going to do. We do CISO. If you're a junior AppSec engineer, how the hell do you know which companies to apply for? Because all you look, you go on the website for the company and all you see is the marketing shit. And it, uh, I'm not going to lie, 99% of the time, it is shit, right? It is, isn't it? You can't deny it. It's just, it's just not. I'm gonna deny it. I'm gonna say there are forces. I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend. Okay, there's a lot of defend. trash. A- Maria and Amy, you could both gang off on me. There's a <laughs> lot of, there's a lot of bad stuff in marketing. I also want to say that marketers are often have all these freaking forces beyond their control, yeah. like pulling their hair to get them to say no. You must say this. Yeah, you okay. have to. They're getting punched at by sales, by the execs, by the venture capitalists. They have to do all these freaking calls with Gartner, right? And getting by dragged down into the board, into the miasma okay. of being told what to do. Because marketing, unfortunately, often does not get to actually, you know, you go in there as a marketer and you say you're like supposed to be on the exec team, but like you get punched around a lot. So there is some of that, right? If the CEO no, says something, you can't, you can't go up against that. So I'm just going to, I'm going to defend myself and I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not saying the marketers are shit. I'm saying the marketing is shit. Oh, and I'm, okay. Putting, okay. I'm not putting an onus on that being the marketing team's fault. I'm not saying like anyone that works in marketing, I get it, right? I've worked in companies where I've talked to 
like the CEO's been going, well, you can't say that word because that'll put people off. Or you can't use this phrase. Or that's too chatty. Or that's not like the customers won't understand that. And I think you know you don't understand it because you don't understand customers because you're sat up here, like up here, miles away from clients, and I'm sat in front of them, and I know what will apply to them. But 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 like okay, I get it. You're in charge, and you're paying the wages. So I'll just fucking write what you want me to write. But it's like it's like marketing agencies, and I loads. Of, I know loads of marketing agencies. When they have customers, they'll, they'll come up with this really cool idea for the customer, and then the customer will go, "Yeah, well, yes. we could just use like these these like five words, and then oh, can we just make that pink, and then we'll just change." Nah, I don't really like that, but can you make it pop a bit more? Can it pop? I've heard that a few times where, where <laughs> my hate go, "Can this isn't pop enough? Can you make it pop more? What the fuck does that mean?" <laughs> but yeah so i like i'm so like sorry so i didn't want to blame marketing people i'm blaming marketing as an agency <laughs> no i agree i think marketing as an industry in general mm, yeah okay. no, no, you're right we definitely we definitely know that there is a problem although we are seeing signals of certain companies and certain marketing teams pushing the envelope a little bit in in that in the direction that, yeah, they want to look different and sound different. We're starting to see a little bit of that. I think walking around RSA this year was a good uh, example. There was some really cool stuff happening. But then, yes, there's definitely still a lot of work to do across the other vendors. I think there's probably a big difference between the UK and the US as well. I always think in the UK we're a bit more cheeky than you with marketing. I think you guys are a bit more corporate than we are. Yeah, there's a lot of risk aversion, I think. So I think that's a part of it, too. It's like, all right, people are buying security products to protect their personal information, to protect the company. It's almost like, um, you know, we're selling to banks and highly regulated and occasionally stodgy industries and, and to corporate executives. And sometimes people are worried that they can't go too far out there in order because they might turn off their potential sure. prospects or the companies, right? Will they buy from us if we're zany? Who knows, right? Yeah, so. I've, I've I started a newsletter. Well, I started it last week on free. So I've got one that goes through Mailchimp. Sign up to it, everyone. I've got one that goes through Mailchimp, but I've also I've said I'm gonna re basically just recycle the same content on LinkedIn a week later because there's LinkedIn newsletters as well. And the original name for the newsletter was "Fuck Around and Find Out" because. <laughs> Because I've got some stuff you can fuck around with. Like I'm going to give some some people stuff to do every week. So whether it's like I've got an AI bot this week, this week, yeah, it was the AI bot that you can kind of play around with, or and then find out is like find out some stuff. But then I talked to my board and they were like, that will not get through, like corporate. That will not get into enterprise businesses and I was like, fine. So it's now called fool around and find out. So I thought, well, the people that get it. We'll get it. I and feel like that's people, worse. People that don't will yeah, be. Right? Like, fooling around. I feel like that's worse. Yeah. Well, the people that don't won't be offended by it. And it's fine. But to be fair, I, I launched the I launched I launched the newsletter on LinkedIn yesterday at half ten. And as of five o'clock this evening, it had one thousand one hundred and forty nine subscribers. I was like, in really? <laughs> in that amount of time? That's crazy. Holy cow. That's cool. That's so silly. Someone likes it. All right, everyone, if you're looking to generate quality cybersecurity leads and opportunity pipeline for your sales team, webinars are the channel you need to be leveraging. 
Lead Gen webinars bring you real live audiences in your target ICP with engagement you can measure, something other channels just can't match. Actual Tech, an official lead generation partner of the Cybersecurity Marketing Society, specializes in fully turnkey cybersecurity webinar programs with CPLs far below what you're used to. Everyone, I have spent a lot of money on webinars and lead generation in the past. And I got to say, I was really impressed with Actual Tech. I saw the results of those webinars that they've been running for cybersecurity audiences, and I was impressed with the lead quality and the lead quantity. So visit actualtechmedia.com backslash CMS or hit today's show notes for more information. Amy, what if everybody, what if I had just, here's a theoretical, what if all the pen testing companies in the world listen to this podcast and then at the next trade show that you go to, every pen testing company says we do pen testing, like all over the booth. That'd be great because I'll think of something else. (laughs) (laughs) You come back on the show and you're going to be like, okay, and now everyone has every, uh, every data (laughs) diode company has to say. We have data diodes. <laughs> and then eventually, like, it'll be a very weird RSA. That point that I made wasn't about, like, just say, like, I mean, I was being a bit tongue-in-cheek, obviously. Oh, I know. But, yeah. but, but, yeah, but, but I mean, the point is, I was telling people what I sold. And there's so many salespeople on LinkedIn. And I think you all say, I'm helping customers with data management or I'm helping customers with data privacy. What are you selling me? What is it the product? Tell me what the fucking thing is that you're selling. Yeah, I hate those. People put that in their LinkedIn, like the the description. If you write helping, I'm like, you're in sales. That's it. If you write, I am helping, you are in sales. Yes. So Mm -hmm. So, so I'm immediately ignoring any fucking request from you because it's so obvious. I wrote a post on LinkedIn about it like eight months ago. And according to my Shield app, this year is my most successful LinkedIn post where it said, I'm cutting through the bullshit on LinkedIn. I'm going to explain what everyone's shit means that they they say. And one of them was, if you say you're helping people do something, you work in sales. We get it. Fucking change it up a bit, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We have a link. Send us that that LinkedIn um, post, Amy, and we'll put it in the show notes. All right. Um, This has been really, really fun. I knew we, I think we both knew you would be like a phenomenal guest, Amy, and we're so glad you were on and we want to have you back again, especially after your, you know, after all the rebrand stuff and like your, your uh, company's been growing. We'd love to have you back, but until then we're going to play our game where we're going to guess what you would be doing if you were not doing what you're doing today. And you have to listen to our answers and then choose who's more correct and then tell us what you would actually be doing. And we can't be, we can't choose sales because you've been a salesperson and we can't choose founder slash cybersecurity awareness training. So I'm going to go first. It would be easy to say stand-up comedian, but I actually think, (laughs) I think actress, I think actress. And I think you'd be an actress on a comedy show. Maria. Ooh, I can totally see that. Amy, I think you would be some sort of like no bullshit therapist or like marriage counselor where you like you sit the two people down and you're like, all right, stop the fucking bullshit. What's going on? <laughs> I could see oh you God. saying exactly that. <laughs> I am going to say that Maria is right because I fucking hate public speaking. Like this count, this doesn't count as public speaking to me. This is fine. I can do this all day. But if I have to stand on a stage in front of other people, 
I physically feel sick and want to kill myself. So oh, no. I, I'm not going to go with that. Yeah, actress is literally the opposite. Of, like, I know it, it sounds weird. I'm a really introverted extrovert. Oh wow! <laughs> I I wouldn't I wouldn't tell, but I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to. So yeah, I would go. I would go marriage. I would fucking. I, do you know what? I'd be a really good marriage counselor. Apart from, I'd tell everyone what people had been saying to each other. So I'd be really bad at that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you could be really good at that. This guy the other day called John Smith, and he said that his wife cheated on him. Like, oh my god, it was so amazing. So I would. <laughs> I'd be really bad at that too. <laughs> You'd have to write a tell-all. You'd have to be like, you know, like doctor therapist, like secrets from my ten years of yeah. mediating conflict. So. <laughs> Well, dang, I lost again. I lost again and again what, and again. This is demoralizing. <laughs> what would you be doing, Amy, if you weren't like, what would be your passion if, I don't know, money or whatever other factors were no issue? Do you know what? I think I'd probably still, I'd probably, I could never work for anyone else. I'd still have to be a founder because I, I fucking hate working for other people. So I'd have to have founded my own business doing something. I'm not 100% sure what it would be. I used to always okay. like doing like knitting and crochet. If money was no option, I liked to do knitting and crochet and stuff. But yeah, that's it's not very profitable. So yeah, I guess if money is not a factor, I'd probably just sit and knit all day. All right. Well, entrepreneur it is. Amy, thank you <laughs> so much for being on the show today. My face hurts from laughing so much. It's been lovely to hear your story. We're going to write Gianna a link to everything that she mentioned, all of her uh, cool escape mm-hmm. room services, which I'm pretty sure a lot of cybersecurity marketers would love to learn more about. And thank you for our listeners for listening today. A new episode drops every Wednesday, so make sure you subscribe so you can get the alert and give us 100 stars, please, and tell your colleagues about this show. And see you next time. Yeah. <laughs>